On today's episode, Dave interviews Cheryl Sloan. Cheryl is a former producer of Second City, the daughter of the late Joyce Sloan, and owner of G Boutique. On location in Chicago, I'm Ian Foley. This is ADD Comedy. How many people we know that are just good people? How many people well, that we know? I feel like we're really fortunate. I really that, believe that too. In that area that we, yeah. I was thinking about that. I was actually thinking about that again on the way over here, just how, you know, we were surrounded by so many good people. Right. Like, and it has to do with those people that were gatekeepers that let all those cool people in. Yes. Like uh, you know, your mom, Joyce, and that, like Joyce and Bernie and all the people that were around those people that, that set a standard. And the standard is this is how we behave with each other. Right. And I also think it was a time in history where you had the opportunity to be that person. You know, it was, although it still exists now, so now the, the, the groundwork is set and, you know, people going through now are the same. They really are the same. Right. I mean, the cast that's at Second City right now, they couldn't be nicer people. Ugh. They are so nice. I love to go there and visit them. Right. Because they're nice, and they're, and they, you know, it just keeps going and going. But that the groundwork was set at a really special time in history. Certainly, and I, uh, I and when you look at that, the ground, the groundwork being set, and the the bones being set, and how it was just the bones were matched with new bones that looked like those bones, and so whatever started back then, that DNA is so strongly now. Yeah, you know. The shit that's changed are things like, well, the politics have changed and um, our uh, culture has changed. But still, there's something at the core of everything that we do that I think is a lot about the collaboration. But the whole thing about what Second City is is that it's a reflection of the times. So right. that the times have changed. But it still is a reflection of the times. I mean, you know, sometimes when I sit through the shows there, which I don't do that often, I should do it more, I think, wow, this is really loud. And then loud I meaning what? Just the the sound level. Right. It's loud. <laughs> right. right. I mean, because I think about Fred, right. Right? right? At the piano. And Fred you has. Know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and playing instruments that he made. Right. Out of like, you know, I don't know what. Well he would he bed pans and plastic bottles on the, and Yeah. He would look at the strings and plunk yeah, the strings and on that. He had a thumb piano. Right. He all the sounds were just things that he made. Right. You know, bells and whistles that he designed. And now it's all electronic, and so it's loud, right. and, and it's different. Right. And then I remember that that's, that's what we live in now. We live in, in a very electronic age where every, I, went, I was just in New York the other day, and I was sitting in a Broadway theater thinking, wow, this is really loud. Oh, <laughs> 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 like, so second city. <laughs> it was really good. What I mean, was the it play? Was what did you see? Pippin, okay, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Andrea Martin and Pippin. Right. Andrea right. Martin, right? right. What? Right. You can't believe it. Everybody should fly to New York and go see Andrea Martin and I'm Pippin. I'm going to New York. Um, I'm going to New York, and I am going to see Andrea Martin in Pippin. No, you can't even believe it. Okay, she's hanging upside down and singing. Right. Okay? Andrea Martin. Hanging upside down from a trapeze, singing. Right. Now, is she in the circus? 
No. Right. But <laughs> she is hanging upside down from a trapeze oh. singing. She's so good mm. in this show. I, I mean, I was laughing and crying and like I just wanted to jump out of my seat right and I did actually jump out of my seat I bet you weren't alone I, I was not alone I was blessed to be able to see it and then and I went to New York for one day to see Andrea Pippen and then at night to see Richard Kind who is nominated for a Tony Award. Richard Kind is nominated for a Tony Award Richard, Richard. Kind that's who I wanted to talk to when I went to New York was Richard yes. Kind um and but he's you look wonderful. at those—he's so wonderful and he's in great everything. In this show. He's one of the best actors, I think. Well, this is such a hard thing to say. He's one of my—I <laughs> want to—I want to say <laughs> I'm this. I'm not saying it. No, so I know you're not, not saying it. Not saying it. <laughs> I know you're not saying it. But I think I look at Richard and I feel that the Richard—the the work that Richard Klein did did in certainly Spin City. What do you want to say about that? Uh, but what he did at Second City, what he did in the Practical Theater Company, we're going to go way back. What he did in Practical, what he did at Second City, what he did in Spin City and other sitcoms that I haven't seen, and then what he did in that movie, the Kong Brothers the movie. Kong Brothers that movie. was unbelievable. The Silent Man was that the name of the movie? Silent. Do you know what the name of the movie was? The Coen Brothers movie that came out with the there was a tornado at the end and everybody right now is screaming it at their car. Right, right. I walked out of the movie theater and texted him. It was amazing. Amazing. He, but there's something about that performance, and I look at and this is just me, and you you probably have the same feeling too. Um, there's something about that performance that I get really proud to come from the Second City School, which is. That there's a softness to a lot to our approach in acting, where we don't have to be loud, where there's a subtlety that you right. can have. Right. So it's okay if the music's loud because you, the acting isn't. Exactly. As long as you're right. not. Uh, you're right. Exactly. And Richard was a slow burner. He really like he had a slow burn that he would have, but he also had an intensity. I remember you, the scene you don't fuck with a fucker like yeah, that scene. Yeah. Who was that? Who else was in that scene? Um, he played the dad, right? Yeah, yeah. Who was the first son in that? I don't know. You know, I never remember. It's hard for me to remember because those scenes that are done on the main stage and they're done in the touring company for right. so many years that I can see like 12 people exactly. doing it. Right, right, you right. Know? Like, well, he was in Morning Person, right? He was the morning person. He was the morning no person. So again, that is a tip. <laughs> he was the morning person. He's the one that came out, the guy comes out, bursts out singing, I'm a morning person. And then Richard slowly <laughs> comes out stage right, stage right, slowly comes out stage right in a robe. With a gun, no, in a robe, he's singing, I wake up with the dew, and then takes out a gun and shoots him, and then turns backstage right and walks away. Right. But that is Richard. Right. Now, he's, he's an actor. I think, I think what's so great about Second City actors is that you learn to sustain a character for that, for that scene. Right. And so you have to be that character for a while, but then you have to be another one in a minute. So right. you really have to go to the emotional depth of that character quickly. Right. And so, that's the joy of being an actor at the Second City is that, like, I get to be the depth of that character and the, pardon me, the emo I just had a, a grinder, the emotional depth of that character and then jump right to the emotional depth of that character. And it's like being in a circus and like I'm being on a trapeze and going from here to right. here to here to here to Maybe here. that's why Andrea can do it. Right, she's been doing it forever, <laughs> right, right. but she hasn't been up in the air doing it. Right. You know? But so how many times do you go see a play and you go, well, you know, the second act was good, but it took so long to get there. Right. Well, Second City is the second act. Right. All the time. Right. 
There's no time for all that context. There, all that stuff that you have to do to set it up so that you can get to the meat. God damn really, it, that's right. It really happens. Yes. You just have to get in there and do it. Right, right. And you know what? That is a great point because that is because when I because I, I direct so much and I teach so much and I perform a lot and 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 I do workshops and things like that and I keep looking at people saying, get to it, just get to it. Right. And I think that that's the reason. Right. That I go. I don't. Here's the thing. It's not that I don't have time, because I will have time for whatever I want to have time for. Right. Why do you want to spend the time doing something? And I know every exciting character has, every character that I like to watch has done all that bullshit that you're doing before I started watching it. Right. Then they get to this point where I now start watching that character, and then I get to watch them have that change. Right. Because if you're riding the bus and somebody does something that makes you look at them right. on the bus because right. they're doing something crazy... That person is who they are. You didn't have to see where they came from. Mm -hmm. You can figure out where they came from by looking at what they're doing now. Exactly. Right? right? Right. And they don't have to tell you, this is what I'm doing now. They don't have to tell you that. Right. No. They and, just do it. And so many, and yet there's so many people, and that's my issue, is I don't need to know your background story. Trust yourself right. that you're imparting right. that. Right. Right now. And trust your partner on the stage. Clearly. But if I don't trust myself, I can't trust my exactly. partner. Trust your partner because between the two of you, I'm going to know. <laughs> I'm going to know everything. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm going to know everything and I'm also going to know things that I'm not going to tell you. Right. About you. Right. Right. And a sense and a feeling that you have. Yes. In that moment. Yes. And those people that need, and I look at a lot of people at Second City that I feel like, okay, uh, people that we've we've worked with, and to look at those people and to go, you you ended here. You could you ended here. That is your evolution as an artist ended here. And I think you ended there because you couldn't get to an emotional truth. There are certain people that we've worked with, and I'm not naming names, but there are certain people that we work with, and I thought they're not going to move up because they don't have the emotional depth that's required to move up. Which is really it's really. Difficult, it, and I think it's because they tr they don't trust themselves, right. and they can't operate completely in the moment. Right, which is so hard. I mean, and now it's like the buzzword. Did you notice that? Like all these on the internet, all these people who are selling, you know, these I'll help you coach, life coach. Uh, right. It's all about be in the moment, be in the moment, right. be in the moment. And right. I'm like, uh, we did this. Right. 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 We've been saying this for a long time. <laughs> Welcome. Right. <laughs> right. And, and for me, I'm looking at all these things right now. I'm reading a book called Search Inside Yourself, which is just a horrible name, but it's written by the, a guy who works at Google. So he can say that. Right. 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 And it's essentially a book that I am reading saying I could have written this book based upon my work at Second City. Right. Only because it's about be in the moment, be present in the moment, take in that moment, realize the moment, all that stuff. But you're right. That's what everybody's talking about. Look at corporate culture right now. Right. You look at all these things that people are talking about, how you have to change your corporate culture, how you have to make it more collaborative. How you, the, 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 it's all it's all the stuff that we've been talking about the whole way along. It's right. just the evolution in the world. You know, had to get to this. Now everybody has to be there. You have to be there. There being what? Because at that place where you're, where you're creating culture, where right. you're creating community, where you're creating ensemble of some sort, because if not, it won't work anymore because we're all like so connected in kind of this maniac way, you know, <laughs> maniacal more than, right. Right? but you know, it's this way that like, oh, we're connected because we see something on Facebook or, but 
if you look at all that, we are really all connected. Right. You know, I don't see you very often, but right. I, I see what you put on Facebook. I right. see your baby pictures. I know you have a podcast. Right. I know about you. I know, you know, when you're in a relationship. I right. know when you're not. I right. mean, because we are connected. Right. A lot of people have issues with that. Yes. Take issues with that. And I feel as if, I, if you take issues with that, that's your issue. Exactly. I, I don't. I, I grew up with everybody knowing my whole life all right. the time. You know, right. I, have no, I have no privacy. No. My mother told everybody everything. Right. <laughs> so I had this whole group of Second City people who, you know, I'd walk into the theater and they'd say, so I hear you broke up with your boyfriend. Like, we knew it all, right. We How knew it all. Because she bring, because Joyce would have us come in the office and it's like, she'd hang up the phone and then we'd go, and she, I, I wouldn't ask what's going on. She goes, I was just talking to Cheryl. Right. And, she, and it's like, <laughs> okay, what's happening? She broke out and did it. <laughs> right. And so, and you were there when I was, you know, an adult, right? Right. Because we're sort of close to the same yes. age. And I'm talking about when I was 10 or 12, this was <laughs> right, happening. Right, <laughs> okay. right, right. So, you know, um, when I got back from my first summer at camp, Tino and Sana is going, drags me into my mother's office and is like, looks at me and goes, when did she get those? She did not have boobs when she went to camp. What did she get? So my life was open. So all this, like, Facebook stuff. <laughs> You'd already done that. Then they're done that, okay? <laughs> you know? Everybody right. knows. It's right. okay. And it's and it's a good I think I see the good in it. I right. see the good because I see that if you have a strong community, then it's good for them to know all about you because they really truly care about you. We right. care about each other. And we also are living the uh we're 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 living this um this philosophy for me, I'm living the philosophy of I'm going to be open. Because that's the way that I roll, right? And if you're and if you want to be open, I invite you to be open with me. If you don't want to, that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're not going to be open, at least be nice. Right. 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 And if you're not going to be nice, then be gone. Yeah. Then be gone. Right. Right. Because if you're nice, I might be able to bring you into the open. Right. Part. You know. But if you're not nice, then. Right. You know. I. I think we, so many people need to be reminded of that, and again, there's this, this book that I'm reading. The default is, for, it just, again, everything I'm saying is just about me, but I'm going to say the default of the human species is joy, is happiness. Maybe not joy, but happiness. Right. And, and when we veer off of that, it's okay to veer off of that. Just know that you're veering off of that, and that's not your day-to-day -day life. Your day-to-day -day life is you're here to be happy, and that's right. it. Well, I think there's a difference between happiness and the pursuit of happiness. Right. Okay. Right. So I'm I'm reading Spalding Gray right now, which mm -hmm. is a little depressing, but um, mm -hmm. I think that there's a difference between happiness and the pursuit of happiness, mm -hmm. and it's not your job to be pursuing happiness all the time. It's just your job to be happy. Right. You right. Know? And there's right. a difference. Clearly. There's a difference. And in this book, it's also describing the, like three different kinds of happiness and um, uh, uh, w or three different kinds of success, even if you're going to say it in that way. And one of the things that he was looking at is to be in service. So one is that immediate pleasure, rock star, got to get the rock star pleasure. Another one is I'm really good at this and I'm going to make some money at it. And the third one is to be in service and to get your nachis, your rocks off from being in service. And ultimately, the one that lasts the longest is the pleasure that lasts the longest is the pleasure of 
being in service, of helping community, of offering something that you get joy out of. So you get to do what it is that you love to do in the world, and you also are in service. And that's what I felt like all my time at Second City was. I was in service. What am I in service of? I, for me, any moment, Cheryl, that I, if I stopped being there at the touring company, I'm sorry, the training center, they both have TCs and I always it's confuse hard, that. Yeah. The training center, Dayenu, that right. would have been enough. But right. I got into the touring company. And it's like, Dayenu, that would have been enough. So I was always thinking, this is where I'm supposed to be, and I bring people joy and laughter. And am I making money? I'm making 65 bucks a day. And, you know, working for farm, <laughs> playing for the pharmacists. But there's the joy that we get out of that. And your job as the producer, because I really think about, like, you were one of the first people that I wanted to talk to when I was here, because, and I, get, I really get choked up when I think about you. I just want you to know that. Because you really... You help so many people, and I don't know that you've been given that. Thank you. I just, I love you so much for that. Now and, you got me all choked up. Right. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I know that, I know that I'm not asking you to do anything. I just, I'm just imparting this information. But when it's I think the cult, it was the culture. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I thought that's what producing was, honestly. Um, it wasn't until much later when I produced outside of Second City mm -hmm. that I realized that people could do it in other ways. Right. But I, <laughs> we're all sitting here with Kleenex right now. Yeah. Let's just say that for. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought that when you produced, what you did was set up an environment for people to be successful in their art. So it was, I felt like it was my job to create a place where you guys can improvise and create material. And then by doing a good job at that, then people would come see it. Right. And that's how you become successful. Right. Right? Right. So it was foreign to me to think of it any other way mm -hmm. because I, I grew up with that. Right. Right? So I kind of, and you know, in that, you have to make some hard choices. Mm -hmm. and it, But you're making hard choices for the good of the whole. Right, for so, service of the whole. Right, so if you had to, you know, fire an actor, which was awful, mm -hmm. or anybody else, which was always really, really difficult, you knew that you had to for the good of the whole. Right. And so you were able to, well, I learned early on, you were able to kind of just take full blame for it right? and just do it and not have to put that blame on anybody else and just say, you know what, we're letting you go because I made the decision that you should go. Right. And even if that wasn't completely true all the time, because sometimes it wasn't, sometimes it was somebody else who made the decision. Ultimately, though, you, you made the decision too, because if you didn't want to do that, if you didn't see that as being what needed to happen, you wouldn't have done that. Right. Exactly. Except for in the giving everybody the support that you need, you uh -huh. also have to give that to your director. Right, right, right. So sometimes right. it's the director and right. maybe not the producer. I mean, at least when I was there, I supported my directors because I felt like you hired a director, you gave them what they asked for, mm -hmm. and then you let them direct. If right. you didn't like what they did, then you made a change. Right. But you had to let them direct. Right. And you had to respect the process because right. the process is different from 
anywhere else. Right. And it's such a hard process, and it's so emotional, and it's so enjoyable, and it's so rewarding. Right. And it's all those things all wrapped up into every single night. Abs every night. Every right? Night, every night. So you had to let that go, and you couldn't. I mean, I never like to like sit and you know comment and give notes on the set. I mean, the set. If right. you're not free to improvise. Right. The, improv, the third act, or the, the fourth act, what do you want yeah, to say? Yeah, the third, third act, third, third act, pardon me. You know, then what right. are you doing there? Like, right. just do it, and then you rehearse it and come up with it, and, you right. know, when you're getting close to opening, that's when you can give an opinion. And if it's asked for. If Yeah, right, you know, but as a producer, I mean, you do have the right to do that. Right. But I just, I don't know, I just didn't, I felt like we needed to create an open space right. where everybody felt safe to fail. Right. And boy, did we. Man alive. When I think about the dumb stuff, the oh, fucking dumb God. stuff that went <laughs> on, that you put a fish tank in the wall. Do you remember that fish tank? I, I was gone by then, but it was Colbert. Yeah. And Amy, Amy and Paul, Paul. Jackie. Right. Living in a fish tank. Yeah. The closer. Fish tank. Yeah, fish tank. <laughs> fish tank. <laughs> we want to put a fish tank in the wall. What? Right. We want to put a fish tank in the wall. Okay. Right. Let's try it. Right. We were also very free to try things out there. Certainly, because we were the second city northwest. It was in uh, Ro uh, Rolling Meadows. Meadows. Yeah. It was in Rolling Meadows, and nobody came out. Right. Well, the audience came out. And the critics a, came out. The critics came out. But right. other than that, nobody really came out, and I. It was great. I mean that. It kind of evolved into this place where we were able to do such great experimentation and so many amazing things grew out of there. I mean, we did the first scene about AIDS. Right. That Second City ever did. Right. You know, and it was really good. It was really good. And um, was, why, why do I remember a pencil? No. What pencil, is Scott Adson. Yeah. Unbelievable scene. Speaking right. of actors. Right. Scott Adson. You know? Right. And, um, but what was the scene about AIDS? Because I remember it was right before. It was like a it was, montage. Wasn't it? Yeah. It John Machado directed it. Right. And it was, it was, uh, it wasn't, Christina was, was in that show. Yeah. Ravana was in that show. And it was about AIDS. It right. was a montage about AIDS. <laughs> right. And nobody had done it. And right. it was serious and funny and sad. Right. And all those things. And it was at a time when if you would have said, we're going to do a scene about AIDS, somebody would have said, you know what? We're not in a place in our society where that could be funny yet. Right. We're not right. there. Right. And it worked. And John Machowski, who was the director at the time, said, you know, just please let us try this and let's see if we can make it work. And I said, absolutely. Right. That's what we're all about. Right. And it, and, and it didn't work for every audience no. member ever. Not, and we have people walk out. Right. But I felt like it worked. I felt like it was something that we were all really, really proud of. And in the long run, it did work. And then... They did it in the train company in kind of a different... Yeah, they, they changed it a little bit. Yeah, it had to be reformatted. Yeah. Um, I but do remember that. That freedom is amazing. Right. I mean, so many things, especially when Amy and Colbert and Paul were there. Right. Their circus acts. And that crazy... Yeah, 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 yeah. And Amy coming out and... and, and uh, yeah, yeah. How many characters, you know? Right. And Jackie and... Jackie, right. That and, scene in the rowboat. We did a scene. They did a scene. I don't remember. Robo. Oh yeah! Right! 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 Like all the like, uh, was that? 
Because I confuse sometimes I confuse the ETC with because there was also that same sort of sentiment in ETC as there was at Northwest, and sometimes I look at those scenes and go, was that at ETC or was that right. at Northwest? But um, but how how many of us came from that? Like that's where Faith really found her voice. Faith Soloway really found. I mean, knew that she had it at, 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 at she had it at. The annoyance, for sure. Right. But when she came and was able to do some the musical numbers that she did in, in, in a couple of the scenes there, in a couple of the shows there that I was in, and the joy that we all got out from working that. And then Nick came out there, and we did that show with um, with the pool table and with Kenny yeah. and, 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 and all those things. And I'm talking about people, the stuff that people can't watch right now. And but just the joy of working with Nick. I mean, oh, We did a show in a six weeks. Yeah. But what, what, I mean, that was just a great time. I mean, for me personally, in my life, I learned so much from the people who were out there. Right. All the time, over right. and over again. And you know? we all took that outside of it. Yeah. We all took that and did other things with that, having done that. Right. The, 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 and I keep going back to collaboration, letting go of your ego, knowing that you could try whatever it is you want to try, being able to, somebody saying, you say, I'd like to do this, and somebody said, okay. And then there's a moment where you go, well, did you mean okay? Codify? Uh, is, is that, what is it? How, what, what yeah. does okay mean? And you go, okay means okay. Go. Right. <laughs> that means go. Right. Do uh, it. Keep trying it. Right. Do it. You guys make the decision. Right. You're smart. Right. And then you somebody know. go. Somebody saying, "What do you mean you're smart?" And right. like you know what that sentence means. You, I believe it, and I want you to believe that you're smart. Right. When I say you're smart, because yeah, if you weren't smart, it's I would your say judgment. That. It's your judgment. Right. Your this is your show, too. Right. We are a company. Right. You know. Right. And the more you think this is my show. The less, the more, the harder you're going to have of a yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You know, ensemble's hard. Right. Right. I well, mean, if you and the interesting thing is, if you say ensemble's hard, if you go into it saying, if you go into an ensemble and nobody knows that it's going to be hard, it's not going to be hard. Or if you hear Mick comes in and Mick loves working with people, we'll just say that Mick loves working with people. You're going to say, oh, then it's going to be an easy process. Right. But if you go in saying, ah, oh, Dave Rosowski, not that this is true, but Dave Rosowski, you know, he causes dissension or whatever it's going to be, you're going to come into that process going, okay, all right. But if you know that the process is going to work, you're going to, your, 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 your default is going to be, this is going to be a positive Okay, but let me, let me also add this to that. If you know you're going, you're going into a process with a group of people who were trained in the same way that you were trained, you have faith in that. Ensemble is hard because not everybody's trained to be so accepting. Right. But and you see this now, right? You've been away from Second City for a long time. Mm -hmm. You get up on a stage anywhere, and you get up with a group of Second City people. You're supported. You're accepted. You're, you know, <laughs> right. you can fall down. Right. But you, you know, hopefully won't you know break your leg. Right. 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 Because you know, you trust that the people have come to it from the same place. Right. Even though you're all so different. Very. But you all come to it from the same place, so you know they're going to listen to you. Yeah, that's really important. And we know, we all know that the end, whatever the end is going to be, we don't know what it is, and that's right. all great. And who cares? And who cares? And really, who cares? Right. That's a really That's a really good point. Uh, because when I think about scenes, seldom I think about what the blow of the scene is. 
No, that's, I think the, about, that's the work. Right. 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 That's right. What, what, so what you're doing two weeks before opening, a week before opening, right. going, well, we need it out. How do we, we end this out. thing? Right. We, need, we need a blackout. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? Right. And when I think about the show, when I think about those shows, I go, oh, yeah, 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 we ended. How did we end that? Because what you do remember is behavior, the behavior of people doing those scenes. Right. And, you know, when, Co- uh, when Corral on main stage, when Corral... And Fanny were in that one scene with um, where Fanny just bought him too many Christmas gifts. Oh yeah, I got you this this autographed baseball, and then she said, "I got you this ten speed," which I think is just so adorable because whoever <laughs> rides a ten speed anymore. And then he bought her a humidifier right. from Walgreens across the street. That's <laughs> what so he got her. And he was, she was like, oh, well, "I got you a jersey signed by Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen," and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, but this has four different speeds on it, you know, and it tells you when the, you need to add water." And I don't remember the blow of that scene. No, because it's that important. No, and right? I think that I think that that goes back to the concept of process. The yeah. idea that it's all about the process and us watching it and us enjoying that moment that we're in and however way it's going to end is the way it's going to end. And no one's going to, I mean, it might end flat, but it certainly wasn't flat before it ended. Right. And of course, we don't want it to end that way. Right. Um, but we figured a way around that, and that is just to have that scene merge into another scene, and then we don't. Have to, we only have to worry <laughs> That's about right. one no, we end, don't have to two worry endings. First ending and second. Stuff comes in. We're gonna be watching shiny object. I thought we were ending. It's like ah, the shiny object. What second city first opened in Los Angeles? The old set, you know, the one in Santa Monica. The one that was at the Mayfair Theater? Yeah, or something at the like Mayfair that. Theater. Yeah. So they were, it was before the official opening opening and they um, were in previews and trying to create this show. And they called Second City Chicago once and one day and they were talking to my mom and they said, it's like the audience doesn't know when the scene's over. Then they don't know when the show's over. Yeah. Oh, that was it. They said, the audience doesn't know when the show is over, when it's the end of the show. And they were frustrated about this. And my mother said, get a gong. (laughs) (laughs) They said, what? She said, get a gong. Because when the show is over, Fred hits the gong. (laughs) You know, you think it's you guys? It's a gong. That is awesome. Is there a gong? Is the gong still on main stage? Probably not. Because well, now they, the gong is on a keyboard. Right, it's a right? keyboard it's gong. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's, a, it's an but eye gong. But still, you know, if you watch the shows, yeah. the, the music changes when it's over to tell the audience that it's over. I'm going to go back to the gong. Okay. Because I think that if anything, there's a couple things, if anything should be in the Smithsonian Institute, it should be the gong. <laughs> the gong. Right? Yeah. Get a gong. Get a gong. But that gong, Fred's gong. Yeah. Yeah. Because he would go, and you know that it was you over. You know it's over. Fred Kaz, man. Wow. Right? I don't know if you remember this, because I don't know if he did it well, but he used to play your name. I don't know. It was just something he did at parties. He'd, he'd be like, Dave, I'm going to play your name, David. And then he'd play the piano and do a song based on your name. And I don't know how he did it, but he used to just play your name. Yeah. <sighs> and then he'd make a little clay statue of you and put it in a big upside-down Coke bottle, and it would be beautiful and the perfect image of you. Uh, Megan Moore Burns did that for me. 
from an ATC show. Really? And it was and and so to look at that and go, that is the costume that I wore when we did the show together. Yeah. And for for it to come from Megan is beautiful. Yes. And for it to come from Fred is beautiful too. And Rose and, does that too with her little miniatures. Right. 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 Look at all the people that we know that that do that. I I remember one day I realized I walked off stage once, and I think I was understudying on main stage. I walked off stage once during an improv set, and the audience was like laughing so hard. And I was thinking, I did a good job. I really did a good job. And I realized, mm, I was thinking, how, what got me to realizing what to do in that scene? And then I realized, Fred led me the entire time. The master. Look at Piano Bar. Right, 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 right. He's the other character. The piano is the character right. in the scene. And when you when you go that in its like the idea of the surrender to the surrender to the spirit and 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 Fred being the under the right. Fred the, the the accompanist being he wasn't what would you even call him you can't call him that so he's underneath it all and you're wondering you're going I'm flowing why am I flowing and then you're realizing you're just dancing you're dancing right. to Fred's music. Right, because that's what—that's part of the ensemble. When you have music mm -hmm. in a show, like a Second City show, any improvised show, the music is is an actor. Right. In the show, has right. to be, or it doesn't work. Right. Right. The music is yes. It's the it's the seventh cast member or the eighth cast member or however many you have in the cast. It's the next one. Right. And the lights. And the lights. But that music really gets you through the scene. The lights get you out of it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And and when Ruby would pull out, when you'd be doing a scene, and then Ruby would pull out, and you'd stop because Ruby said, we're going to stop now. You, you need this stop to be right, right. here. And you and when you were simpatico at that, at that moment, when you all stopped together, everybody was, the air went out of the room. Sure. Sure. Have you, have you, you haven't talked to Ruby. Have no, you? I haven't. She's She'd in New be Orleans? Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't. She was one of the first people of the podcast. I think oh, she had a podcast, yeah, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, she did at Second City when she was still here. At Second City. Right. She's got a great radio voice, you know. She does. It's that 400 years of smoking. That's right. right? <laughs> so many of us have that 400 years of smoking voice. Um, and it really comes in handy. You know, I was just with Chris Barnes. Uh -huh. He has this fabulous bar in New York. He you owns know about it? Flaming Saddles. Uh -huh. It's a country western gay bar. Where is it? It is on 9th Avenue around, I want to 52nd, maybe. Really? Yes. On 9th? Yes. What side of the street? On the, what's the side that we'll be going? You'll be towards, going south. It goes south. Right? Towards 9th goes south. So That's the west side of the street. On the west side, yeah. Right. Yes, on the west side of the street, uh -huh. yes. Uh-huh. And um, it's called Flaming Saddles. It's a great place. It's a great place. Beltsman took me there in February when I was in New York. And I was just with him again. And he said that he did, I don't know if it was his first Turco, Turco gig, or but one of the early ones. And they went to this gym. And they went and ran T's and B's. And then they went back to the hotel and ate or whatever. And then they came back and backstage. And it was a gym. And the floor was empty. And they thought... They were going to perform for some students, you know, and then they were backstage and they didn't see the house. And then they came on stage and there were a thousand people laughing at them. And he said that feeling of a thousand people 
loving what you're doing on stage is the feeling he's been trying to get back to his entire life. And you know what? I get that. I get that too. Because there's nothing like it for an actor. You know, that just that, wow, I have this effect on so many people. Who doesn't want that feeling? Yeah. Who doesn't, that, right. Because you're all one at that moment. It's kinetic. It's, it is. It's, you know? it's so kinetic. And, and it's kinesthetic. And you, everybody in that moment is experiencing that one thing. And again, right. the great thing about a scene, especially if you know it at Second City, was the great example of this, is I would watch, I would watch Pictionary. Every single night. I would watch it every single night. I would go backstage and I wrote Pictionary's, you know, and you'd watch Carell and uh, you'd watch Fanny and Ruthie and Carell and Danello out there and I would watch it and the reason I would watch it is to go, I know exactly what's happening and the audience does not see it coming. Right. And so at the moment of the explosion where everyone is there together, we get caught up in that. And that feeling, that feeling, that that kinetic feeling is such a beautiful thing to be part of. Yes. It's, it's the magic, right? Right. And I think that people who feel that energy and love that moment so much mm -hmm. are the people who need to be actors. Right. They need right. to be actors, right. Right. you know? Right. And I think that if you don't, then you shouldn't be. Because really, it's too hard if you don't need that right it's a know? need it's lovely it's a need it's right. a need to do that and I kind of and I, and I and I wonder in a way because uh, because we know so many people and uh, and you certainly you've grown up with these people we know so many people who are in the who are famous like in the ether of famous in the in the upper atmosphere of famous and I think of somebody like I think of you know my my connection is Corel. So Corel knew didn't know he instinctively didn't know he lived it and he would get a laugh and he, the laugh would be huge and hearty and deep and now he's doing something where he doesn't hear that anymore. Right. So how does he? Right. So what's that other thing? Is it is it what's that other thing? So because the fleetingness of a movie scene, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. And you don't even know what it looked. I mean, you have an idea of what it looks like. But the camera might catch it a different way. So there's no real connection to the audience. There's not that immediate connection to the audience. Right. So it has to be replaced with something that happens over time. Or something else. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. But then you look at Colbert, who has, you know, he's able to get that right away and know that's happening right away. Right. You know? All the time. All the time. And so Steve, Stephen is still able to get that. Right. But Steve always wanted something else. Yes. Stephen, Stephen Colbert always wanted, and I talk about those guys a lot because I think I'm just so inspired by those guys. Colbert always wanted to be, <laughs> Stephen Colbert wanted to be one person, and that was Stephen Colbert. And he is. He is. He is. And that person is so great to have for for everybody right. you know like that is who he is right. and that's this amazingly brilliant person who can make you laugh and get you thinking and do all those great things right in that public forum called the colbert report right because he's brilliant right he's brilliant right i mean everybody's smart he's brilliant right 
Right. And we accept that about people. Oh, right? absolutely. Because Colbert, we, spe we specially accept it about people that we have watched the evolution of that. Right. Because Colbert was always that guy. Always. Always. And he could do all that other stuff. I mean, he could do the funny characters and all that. But he was that guy. Right. And that's what he has to give to the world. Right. Right? And Steve Carell has characters to give to the world. Right. And his characters are funny. And... And, and and they're genuine. smart. They're genuine. Yeah. They're smart. Right. They're funny. They're real. They're they're everything that he is. Right. And so that's what he has to give. Right. You know. I tried we to get him on the it. show, and he's just so goddamn busy. Corral. Yeah. Yeah, he's busy. He's really busy. Yeah. I talked to Charlie Hartsock, you know. And all the time, probably. All, yeah, well, I don't talk to him all the time, but certainly <laughs> I talked to Charlie, who is uh, vice president of his company, of, of Carousel, yeah. I think it's called. And Charlie is, uh, um, he's busy, too, doing Steve busy. Yeah. I'm so happy for Charlie. But me, too. Me, too. He's doing that. Yeah, me, too. He's a good guy. Oh, boy, all those, like, so many of those people are good guys. And it's really nice that I think, for the most part, everybody who came from this world has con it has like real true joy for everybody who's who's doing something. That, that I, I talk to us all the time. I talk to us all the time, and to talk to Rose about the joy that you know, like Rose talking nice about people, and Susie Nakamura talking nice about people, and all these Second City, Mary Beth Monroe talking nice about all yeah. the people that we know, and and hanging out with Keegan and uh, King Michael Key, and 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 the love that we fucking have for each it's, other. We're just in celebration, you know. And right. I mean, we do everything together, right? We we laugh together, we cry together, we celebrate, we mourn, we do everything, right? But the celebration is what's amazing. Even the morning has a celebration to it. Absolutely. Well. Right. 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 <laughs> a real celebration. Right. Yeah. Right. That Absolutely. was an amazing experience. You know, I tell this story, um, but I'll tell it again. Um, the day before my mom's funeral, somebody, a friend of mine said, pick out a dress that you never want to wear again because you're just going to want to throw it in the garbage. Oh, my God. You're never going to wear the dress oh you wear to your mom's funeral Oh, again, my God. Right? Everybody's listening to that, right? right? And I said, oh, that's a really good idea. But I didn't really think about it. I put on whatever I put on. And somewhere in the middle of the service, this was the Chicago service, I said... That was at a show, right? Yeah. yeah. It was at Unchamit. I said, I kind of want to wear this dress all the time. <laughs> You know, it was like the biggest hug in the world. Right. You know, it was a, it was funny. Right. It was, you know. The memorial service. Yeah. The funeral. Yeah, yeah. It was just, and going into the memorial service, like that whole day, it was heartfelt. It was warm. It was, you know, sad, of course, but right. it was funny and it was, it was a, an expression of community. Right. And so the dress is like my thought about who we are. We are a group that makes you want to keep the dress on. <laughs> In that way. In that way. Right. Other than that, no, we're taking off our clothes right. all the exactly. time. Right? Exactly. Always exactly. everybody's always naked. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, of course. Uh, 
on stage. I got a lot of pictures of me in diapers. Yeah, and, well, you uh, know, once you're the New Year's baby. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you exactly. one. So. Oh my God. I I know I, I, I look I look at that at Joyce's memorial service because I couldn't make the Chicago, but the one that was in in LA was just this warm feeling and this beautiful theater and everybody just opening themselves up. Yeah. And 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 the, the spirit that everybody said that they were Joyce they were Joyce's favorite and the fact that who else elicits that? What other human being on the planet would elicit somebody saying, she had a special relationship with me that nobody else did and nobody else had. Right. It was very deep and, and really <laughs> profound. And, and then the next person gets up and exactly, says, exactly, it's the same thing. It's a deep relationship that nobody else has. Right? I say I'll never tell. No, of course not. They were never favorite. Um, but the, the community and when the transition happened at Second City, when uh, Joyce became emeritus and there was that really uncomfortable period when uh, when uh, when a new um, regime came in, I'll yeah. say I don't know how else to say that. That it took all of us so much to go. What's happening? Because it and is it okay? And is it okay? Right, and there, everybody had these like really strong reactions to that, you know. Um, but it turned out to be okay. Right? Oh my God, yeah. Because turned, yeah, you know, um, because. She, my mom wasn't the type of person who would let it not be okay. Mm -hmm. That's part one. And the second thing is, look at where Second City is now. Second City, we all know that Second City is going to be here. Right. Because it's so deep. There's so much depth. Right. Uh, there, the structure went from those bones and that DNA to like a concrete form that you, you just can't destroy. It's bigger and stronger than any individual. Absolutely. It's the collaboration. Yeah, and, the, the, and the work, although the process of how the business works has changed mm -hmm. a lot, mm -hmm. but what's on the stage and the people who are on the stage and the work that they're doing on the stage is still the same. It's a reflection of the times, as right. that was a reflection of the times, but it's still true and honest and good and there for the right reasons. Right. You know? Right. L I, I, Kelly said something once. Kelly Leonard said, and Kelly said, um, we're not, and Martin DeMott said this as well in a different way, <clears throat> Second City was, is not an improv theater. It's, it's, it is a comedy, a place that you come to laugh, but it's a theater. Yes. Yes. It's theater. Yes. Well, it, it is. And I think there came a time in the evolution a long time ago um, where the actors at Second City, when they went on, when they left and they went out to L.A., the problem was that they weren't learning to write. Right. Even though they were writing every night, they, they weren't learning the discipline of putting it on paper except for the few that were writers, right. that, you know, the Harold Ramises and right. were writers. And, Tino and Ira. Yeah, well, but they know. had to become writers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. they had to leave and then learn that discipline of actually writing, mm -hmm. you know, because writers write every day. Michael McCarthy. Michael McCarthy is a writer, mm -hmm. right? So that evolution kind of took place, and I think it, it, it helped solidify 
that idea of what Second City really is. That we really, and that's what makes Second City different from IL and all the other and Certainly a lot of ground, other places. Well, the ground is different. I'm not yeah, sure the ground is right. different. But but it is theater, and it is there for the audience to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you're right. not doing it in a vacuum. Right. And so you know. If I, had these conversations before with performance artists about it doesn't matter what the audience thinks because I'm doing my art. I can't understand that. I've had that. I think the last interview that I had one before that I don't remember was where, where sometimes oh oh I was one with my dad because I interviewed my dad today and it was um, and he was like well aren't you thinking about what the audience is thinking about that you aren't you thinking I think I got this right aren't you thinking the audience is thinking that I need to support what the audience is thinking. The audience came with this expectation. I've got to give them that. No. Right. No. That's not it. That's not it. No. Right. right. What it is is that is that, that you find that common ground between what you're doing. The audience's expectations don't count. Their experience in the present is what counts. That is so important. So when someone says, I don't care about the audience, I want to ask them, what don't you care about the audience? Right. Right. Right, because you want the audience is a part of what you're doing, and I think that that's such a major thing at Second City because the audience, the the, I don't know if it is so much now, but but when I was a lot of what the audience saw later on, it was a time bomb. The audience made a suggestion today, and eight months from now we're doing their scene on stage, which then the audience wanted to come back and see that, exactly. which is what sells tickets. Right. Producer right. brain. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. And the, and the look at that and to go, that's exactly, right, right there. I mean, which because isn't we, as important anymore, really, truly. I mean, because the audience is so diverse now and comes from so many different places. Right. That, but back then, you know, on Tuesday nights when I'd be home is when I was like <clears throat> seven years old, or eight years old, and the phone would ring, and from my side of the phone, I heard, well, how many people are there? <sighs> well, are there more people there than on the stage? <laughs> yes, you have to do a show. Oh, on, may, on, on, the on main, main stage. stage. Well, there was only main stage. There was right. only ATC, okay? And that's what I heard. I'm just and thinking that the audience is huge. 300, right? I know, and you've got five, seven people yeah. there. No, well, there's 13. Well, then you have to do a show. Right. Okay. And where were they all? Well, they were lining up at the Earl across the street, the Earl of Old Town. And when the Earl got full, because they couldn't get all those people in to see whatever folk music, you know, Bonnie Kolak or something, right, right? Exactly. then the rest of the people would go, well, maybe we should go to Second City. Right. And they'd come across the street. Uh, the Earl just died, didn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. And nowadays... That's not really like that anymore. Right? No, 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 no. It's not like that anymore. <laughs> and it hasn't no. been for years. No, I mean, right. really, it hasn't been since well, the I do 70s. remember the. I do remember right. Monday nights where you wouldn't have a full house on Monday nights. And the train company nights, you wouldn't have a full house then. I remember at uh, Northwest them having not full nights, but we'd still right. do the show because right. we slept the fuck all over there exactly. already. Right? 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 But, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was definitely different back then. But the audience comes to be a part of what you do. Right. I mean, really, the only expectation that an audience needs to have is that they're going to come and enjoy themselves. Right. And then you you kind of do the rest, and they come and meet you at that place. Right, right, you know? right, right. They come to enjoy themselves, and you come to uh, give them that enjoyment. Right, and that's perfect, right? It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. 
Uh, and what I loved about working at Second City, certainly you know, not necessarily the touring, the touring company I enjoyed too, but when you got into a resident company, they took care of all the bullshit that you didn't want to take care of. The getting people into the seats. Right. And you had a job 12 months out of the year. God damn right. How many places can you act and have a job 12 months out of the year? But also, how many people were fucking bitter about that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, how many people, how many, I never understood a bitter Second City actor. I never understood it. And yeah. maybe, I never understood it. What the hell are you bitter about? Right. You get a paycheck every week. Every week. For doing what you love, by the way. Let me just mention that. Someone hired you. Right. <laughs> To do what you love. To play. Right. To play. And to create material that you think about creating. Right. right. It's not like, you're going to come here and we need for you to put this hot dog head on right. and stand <laughs> on the corner of, of State and Madison and hand out flyers. <laughs> you can be as creative as you want in your hot dog head. Right. <laughs> your lobster costume. Or... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I remember when Bill Murray used to sell chestnuts across the street in front of Treasure Island. What did he sell? He, chestnuts. Hot chestnuts in the winter. <laughs> He was in the touring company, and he would go backstage and get all the coats and scarves and hats. It was cold. <laughs> but he was fine. I want the Right. I remember playing Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Yeah, that's the woman. The yeah, young that's woman. the woman. I played her in uh, the Harlem Irving Plaza Mall. Oh, there you go. Now, that's right? a job. Right. Or you could be at Second City. Right. And I did both. Right. <laughs> and, and so when you do a show that is, what, maybe 35 minutes of your life to an audience of, you know, of, 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 of uh, blue-haired Jewish ladies, you know, you go, you know what? I'm doing this, and it's taking me somewhere else, but in the meantime, I'm getting knocked out of this right now. Right. Yeah. Wait. Harlem Irving Plaza hired you to play Pocahontas. Someone quite forward of them, quite you know. No, no. Someone hired. I think what ended up happening was <laughs> Stephanie couldn't make it. Whoever the oh, fuck okay. is you that? Fit would the you? And I fit the costume because I'm a short person. <laughs> right. And Stephanie and I fit the costume, and it already had like little Pocahontas breasts in it, so I didn't have to do anything. I think the head came down to my shoulders. Oh, you know, so it was like exactly it was huge head. head. It was like Mickey Mouse. Exactly, okay. it was a huge head, and I was just <laughs> handing out in uh, three fingered gloves, you know, four fingered gloves, <laughs> like here, no, there's a sale at the jewelry store. Or you could be at Second City. And as well, and, I'm gonna take a vote. Let's take a vote. But when you when you you know to to tour, so so I remember standing on the platform, not in my Pocahontas outfit, on the platform in Belmont, handing out flyers of people coming off the train to get them to see the uh, the annoyance show, uh, not, the annoyance show, uh-huh. uh, to see Spotter Theater, to see Metroform, a Metroform show. Right, and so you don't have to do that. It's you like don't have to do that anymore. No. And so again, I go back to what the fuck are you mad about? Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I never understood that either. I never understood it, and I just felt like it was their own personal issue. And it it's wasn't always a there. part of who we were. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was right. just their personal thing they had to work through. Some people are just a little angry. I get that. And you're going to get know? those people. And sometimes when they grow up, they're not anymore. And those are a lot of those people that I'm dealing with right now. Not dealing with, talking to right now. Right. Who I originally went, oh, I remember you as an angry person. You're not an angry person anymore. Isn't it nice? And I also remember some people who uh, were, an a- I'm thinking of a couple of people in particular, who were angry people then and they're angry people now, yeah. but they're angrier with less of a crowd. Right. Well, it's kind of nice when you can be angry with the crowd. Yeah, because people go, what do you do? And then you get that attention. And no. Even Jackie Hoffman, who wasn't necessarily angry, she was just Jackie. Um, has... I was talking about her today. 
I was talking about. I don't know if I should tell this story, but I will. I will, because okay. I love Jackie Hoffman yeah. now, and I can say this. Um, when she started working at Northwest, she didn't like me, I guess. I don't really know what she thought about me, but I... But no one would ever say she she warmed up to me right away. Okay. I don't think she... Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So, whatever it was, all right, I was now her producer. Right. And she never talked to me. She never said hello to me. She walked by my office all the time. She never... And, but that was kind of Jackie, right. right? And so everybody kind of accepted that. Nobody really said anything. And I called her in the office one day and I said, listen, I'm now the producer of the show you're in. You don't have to like me. You don't even have to respect me. None of that matters to me. It's not a popularity contest. But you do have to say hello to me. You have to say hello to me when you see me. Because it's rude. <laughs> and I, I signed your paycheck. <laughs> I will pay you to say hello to me. Yeah, and so because my name is on your paycheck, you have to say hello. And then you can say anything you want bad about me behind my back. But you have to say hello. <laughs> so we got we got past that. Yeah. We're you know, we're okay now. Right. We're I see her, we're friends. I went to see her on Broadway. You know? Right, right. And that's another thing where you go, Jackie, why are you so upset? You're on Broadway. Right. Exactly. But that's one of those people. It's like, she is going to be that all the time. When I interviewed for the podcast, it was like, she's like, I'll never work again. And I don't, can't believe it. And it's like, how many people do you know that opened, opened, three shows on Broadway? Yeah. Hello. Opened. You didn't just come into that part. Right. You opened. You were chosen to be that part. Right. Xanadu, which is the, the least of those three shows. Um, uh, Adam's Family. Mama, and no, 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 she, no, she was in Hairspray. Hairspray, that's it. I can't remember. Like those three shows. Right, right. Two of which are touring like crazy. And that wonderful movie she was in. The she Jessica had, Stein movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was terrific in that movie. She's terrific in that movie. She's also done, you know, some television shows, but all of that. But, you know, she's, the cloud coming over. Right. And she's married to a lovely man lovely. who really loves her and lovely. all that. And you go, you know what? If Jackie Hoffman can have that career and have a brown cloud hanging over her all the time, what if she'd let the cloud go? But then she wouldn't know who the fuck she was. Right, and I think she, I think she's let some of it go. Okay, I, yeah, I'm going to say that she has. Yeah. Not, maybe not all of it, but I think she's let some Well, of we it used go. to play Let's Make Jackie Cry. It was the shortest name ever. <laughs> you know, it would be like backstage, and you go, I was like, okay, how quickly can you make Jackie cry? And Almond would go, How's your mom? And she'd go, yeah. And like, oh my God. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to have to stop there. That's all the time okay. we have. What a lovely conversation. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrozowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.